Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside sources. Inside sources. Inside sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. It's a busy day in our nation's capital. So many things, so many headlines, and there's a lot behind the headlines that we've got to get to. Let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Very pleased to have joining us from our nation's capital, Utah Senator Mitt Romney joins us on the line. And Senator, I know that uh, you and Governor Spencer Cox, Navajo Nation President Jonathan Nez, will join U.S. Secretary of Interior Deb Haaland on Friday uh, to sign some very important things relating to the Navajo Nation. Uh, one, thanks for joining us today. I know there's a lot going on back there, but uh, tell us about uh, what's happening as it relates to the Navajo Nation here in Utah. Well, thank you, Boyd. Uh, good to be with you. Uh, the reality is about 20 years ago, uh, the Navajo Nation was saying, hey, look, we got more rights to the Colorado River uh, than, uh, than Utah thinks we do, and we're going to you know, potentially bring a lawsuit against Utah so we can take more water out of the Colorado. And uh, there were some negotiations where the Navajo Nation said, you know, it, we're willing to give up some of those rights and not go to court if you're willing to pay for getting running water to some of our citizens the Navajo Nation, who, who live in Utah, by the way. We, we found out that some, well, almost 50% of the Navajo residents uh, of Utah don't have running water. Uh, and so back in those days when this was first discussed, Orrin Hatch put together a pill, bill to, to say uh, the Navajo Nation is going to give up some water rights in exchange for $200 million going to the uh, construction of running water to people's uh, homes in the Navajo Nation. And uh, we got that passed as a, as a bill just just two years ago. And uh, and then we got the money. We got it funded in the infrastructure bill, which I was happy to help negotiate uh, uh, last year. So we're now uh, we're now in a position where we're going to be able to actually begin construction to get the water to people's homes. Uh, Utahns, by the way, Navajo Utahns. At the same time, we're going to have a more clear title to the flow of the Colorado. Uh, I think that's so important. And this is a great example. We often talk about the conflict back in Washington. This was clearly a, a bipartisan effort going back to, to Senator Hatch's time there. Uh, and this is one of those good things where you can say, OK, here here was a clear need, a clear problem. Uh, got it passed. But you also point out the speed at which that goes from even if you get the bill passed, you still got to get it funded. And then you actually got to get steel and concrete moving around. Uh, but this is one of those where everybody did come together in the end. 
Yeah, you know, you make a very good point, which is that a lot of people in Congress, myself included, we like to go out there and talk about the bills we filed. Of course, almost none of those ever see the light of day. And then uh, then there are bills that actually get passed. We talk about that. But that's, as you point out, that's not the end of the story, because just passing a bill calling for something to be spent doesn't mean money will actually be appropriated by the appropriators. That's a whole other process. Uh, so it's it's taken a while uh, to get this done. And and frankly, by being part of the infrastructure deal negotiating team, which was five Republicans, five Democrats, this was something that uh, I pushed for long and hard. And uh, we, we were able to get the funding uh, uh, that I think was so badly needed. Yeah, and this, this is uh, important for our listeners to recognize uh, that this is a lot of the work that never gets seen, never gets talked about. Uh, and you have to have a real commitment to a particular project or bill to get it all the way from beginning and conception to being introduced and getting support, getting voted on, then getting funded and actually getting done. And so it's a good day. Glad that the governor will be there uh, along with the Navajo Nation president, Jonathan Nez, uh, and Interior Secretary Holland. Uh, Helen, excuse me, will uh, will be there. That's a that's an important piece, and uh, we appreciate your work on that, Senator. And uh, want to pivot now, obviously, to something that's uh, captured most of our attention for the last uh, seventy two hours, and of course, that's the tragedy uh, coming out of Texas, uh, Rob School, and the uh, just the horrific scene there. And of course, the the natural reaction is a reaction. Uh, in terms of what do we do? How do we stop this, prevent this? Uh, and it's important that we get past just the emotion of it and get to uh, kind of the practical tacticals in terms of what can be done. What are you hearing from your colleagues uh, back there uh, in Washington, D.C.? What is the not not bills, not legislation? What's the conversation path moving forward? Well, there there are a couple of things that that are going on. Um, uh, Republicans, the Democrats are talking about. There's a little working group that's come together. I'm not part of that group, uh, but there's a working group trying to find a compromise between Republicans and Democrats. What I think uh, they're going to come up with is doing a better job on background checks uh, and also potentially providing incentives for states to put in place so-called red flag laws which are basically saying that if a parent or a school teacher or a law enforcement officer feels that someone represents a danger to themselves or to others, uh, that they could get a court order uh, to keep such a person from either firing an, uh, a, or getting a firearm or, or having one. And, uh, and there are 19 states that have those now. Our state does not have one of those yet, but that's something that's, that's being spoken about. Uh, there are there are also discussions um, about uh, the fact that these school shooters typically are young people, um, and uh, and whether we should uh, whether we should have the rate age of 21 for people to uh, to be able to purchase perhaps an assault uh, weapon. Um, uh, so those are the kinds of things being discussed. I don't know what will actually come out, and and you know every time there's a tragedy like this, there's a lot of um, uh, impetus to, to do something. And and you want to make sure that if you're going to do something, you're not taking away legitimate rights that people have under the Constitution. At the same time, you want to make sure you're not uh, uh, doing something that doesn't uh, make any difference, uh, that, that will make you all feel good, but doesn't actually reduce the tragedies that we're seeing. So a discussion is underway. And uh, we'll see. We'll see just where it leads. Yeah. And Senator, do you see this is a 
a, a path where we can have one of those and conversations that we can talk about uh, gun laws and gun safety and background checks, along with mental health and school security and law enforcement and all of those kinds of things. But that we also uh, included in that and uh, conversations around the breakdown of families and fatherlessness in America and a, a culture of social media that breeds contempt and violent video games and teens and anxiety. Uh, is there a way to me, it seems to be that when we don't have any values, when there's a void in values, that the laws and legislation aren't going to deter the bad behavior. But if we can value those values, then the laws and the legislation can give some strength, some certainty and some security to society. Can we get to that conversation? You know, there's, there's no question but that we will talk about mental health, but we will always have people that are mentally disturbed uh, and, and angry. In this case, the, the shooter apparently was, uh, was bullied, um, had a, uh, you know, a broken home, uh, at, and, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of red flags, if you will, would have been raised around this, this individual. And, and, you know, he didn't get help. Uh, didn't have uh, people intervening that could have made a difference in his life, apparently, although his grandparents were trying, both his grandmother and grandfather were trying. Uh, and uh, I, I, I don't think there's any question, but that, look, if we had more homes with uh, with both parents there, involvements of, of uh, the broader family in people's lives, less violent video games, I mean, would that make a difference? I think so. I can't help but think that when you have video games that young people are playing, which involve shooting people and blowing people up, that that makes it a little easier to do it in in real life as well as they're doing it online. So I, I you know, are, are we going to change those things? Why, uh, you know, I, I I actually, as you probably know, have a piece of legislation which is uh, designed to help families with with kids um, by giving them a monthly stipend. Um, replacing some of the programs we have. It's no new money. It's, it's, re, it's redirecting money we're already spent, spending not very wisely uh, to help help families uh, be able to provide for their kids. But, you know, uh, when we have marriage penalties, when we make it expensive for people to marry, that that's a mistake. We should make it easier for people to marry and for, for uh, two parents to be in the home where that's possible. Um, those things, I'm sure, would make a difference. But, you know, um, uh, we in this country are so much worse in terms of these tragedies occurring than anywhere else in the world. We we probably have to stop and look at that as well. Yeah, crucial conversations to be sure. Uh, Senator Mitt Romney, on a very busy day, I know you're going to be touring some of the uh, Olympic facilities. That's always uh, some chatter here and uh, a lot of things on the docket over the Memorial Day weekend, uh, along with continued work there uh, in our nation's capital. We appreciate you carving out a little time uh, for us today. Uh, to to bring us up to speed on uh, two really important things uh, happening back in our nation's capital. Thanks for joining us, sir. Thanks, Boyd. All the best. All right. Uh, We'll go ahead and uh, step aside. Uh, Some important things to think about. Uh, Love the fact that they're getting this water issue solved for the Navajo Nation. That's such a a crucial thing. Long, long overdue. Uh, And I just want to remind you what the senator said. This is a long process from the origination of the bill that goes back to when Senator Hatch was in office. You got to get bipartisan support. You got to get it passed in the House and the Senate. Then you got to get it funded uh, and ultimately move it into action. And so it is a long, slow process, I think, by design. Uh, and uh, Senator Romney's done a great job of navigating and shepherding that all the way through. Uh, and that will be a big blessing to the Navajo Nation uh, right here in the state of Utah. Think again.
with Lloyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.